Welcome to the CodeCast Podcast. Real-world insights for your daily medical coding and billing processes. And now, here's your host, Terry Fletcher. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CodeCast Podcast. Today, my name is Terry Fletcher. First of all, Happy New Year. It's 2024, and I'm happy to be here. We are in full swing, and we just have really had such a great Um, I guess six, seven years now with the CodeCast podcast. This is our 324th episode. I don't do seasons like streaming shows. I just keep counting the episodes. And it actually is seven years now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, It was seven years, December 1st. We have over 600,000 downloads and, and listens. And we're just really happy to keep bringing you information on coding, billing, compliance, regulation and really hope that you're finding this helpful in your everyday healthcare professional lives. So again, thank you for continuing with us and listening in. So in 2024, something has really been weighing on me and has come to my attention. And it's something that we have to really pay attention to when it comes to not only healthcare, but in almost every aspect of our lives. One thing we're going to be heading into in 2024 is another, God forbid, uh, election season, election year. We're going to be dealing with um, different things where we have to make some decisions with uh, new technology, with uh, different people holding office, and yes, healthcare strategies. The reason I bring this into play or the reason I bring this conversation up, especially as we're starting the new year, and I'm, I'm trying to be positive about it, but... I've been reading some articles. I always get to catch up on my reading the last week of the year. So last year, the generative uh, AI, so artificial intelligence boom, is in full swing now. Some people are thrilled. Others, not so much. I'm on the fence. But I've been really covering and looking at the resistance to artificial intelligence in all different platforms and communities. So writers, programmers, artists, musicians, lawyers, researchers, policymakers, and just regular concerned citizens, and let's throw in healthcare professionals, they are really concerned about AI. And we just want to kind of take a look at this on how it could affect your job as a coder, biller, healthcare professional, administrator, even physician, and ask some tough questions because we need to advocate for guardrails to make sure that the technological process doesn't destroy our industries. And I'm not just talking about creative industries and again, political platforms and, and, and the like, I'm talking about healthcare. So, you know, it, it, a lot of people are really scraping the web for training data. Um, who gets to decide whether something is, you know, any good AI, uh, somebody who's programming it, we've already found that it can be biased and it can be what we call hallucinogen where you say something like ruptured Achilles and it'll put in ruptured appendix. And so um, should copyright law apply to AI generated work? There's a lot of um, stories out there. There's a lot of information out there, but the guardrails, the oversight, the protections, they're just not there yet. They're recommended. I know HHS put something out there to say that companies have to have something in place to, to explain why they are doing what they're doing and where they're getting their information from. But as we look at AI on the healthcare kind of platform or field or climate, I guess you'd call it, 
um, there, there needs to be an urgency. Okay. There's a lot of promise with AI, but there's a lot of risks that are posed by artificial intelligence. And, you know, luckily the one positive thing, and I say that cause you guys know my leaning towards conservatism, but this administration did announce uh, back in December that they're trying to make sure that there's some kind of, um, harness, let's say, put on AI to ensure it's deployed safely and responsibly, responsibly in healthcare. We need to have safe, secure, and trustworthy AI technology. So the first thing you have to really look at, and I'm, what I'm speaking to and why I'm bringing this up, especially in the first CodeCast podcast for 2024, is that it, it's, it's so fast it's, and it, as far as being introduced and adopted that AI solutions are now optimizing, or a lot of companies are saying they're optimizing healthcare delivery, they're advancing health equity, they're expanding access. Um, they say it's more affordable. They say there's, then I'm saying they, people who are the ones producing the AI. But again, you have to look at, it's, it's kind of like a pharmaceutical company saying that their, that their vaccine or their drug is safe. Well, there has to be oversight. We call it the, you know, Food and Drug Administration, the FDA. Um, there's also tr clinical trials and study because the company who produces these things, they have a financial incentive to tell you what you want to hear, not necessarily tell you what's accurate. So there needs to be some trust mechanisms within the AI generated information. And, you know, a lot of the content that's AI generated is not reviewed or edited by a human. And there's an expectation that if physicians use it, let's say in their documentation, that they are reviewing this information for accuracy. Well, if doctors are trying to adopt it or use it to be more uh, efficient and timely, then what, you know, why are they going to continue to review it then? So, you know, when you look at risk management framework on this, you need to have some kind of comprehensive tracking of applications that can mitigate harms and step in to fix them if there's a problem. Who's investigating and researching and looking at who's developing these AI platforms? You know, previous U.S. government regulatory approaches to AI um, had private sector interactions, but there isn't there isn't necessarily a specific commitment that reflects that healthcare providers and payers who develop, purchase, and implement AI-enabled technology for their own use in healthcare activities, we, we, how do we know that it will be um, compliant under federal law, that it'll be for the good of you know, the patient? And there's every possible provider out there now really using this. The other thing that I'm really concerned about is a lot of doctors are using time to level their E&M services. Well, if you have an auto-generated dictation or documentation from an AI platform um, then or service, then is that still you doing your own documentation? It is not. So a lot of the AI-related activities for healthcare and what HHS is doing right now is they have said that the ONC, so the Office of National Coordination for Healthcare Information Technology, they did finalize a rule to increase algorithm and transparency to support the market for predictive AI. That really worries me in electronic health records. 
the Food and Drug Administration has cleared, authorized, or approved more than 690 AI-enabled devices um, to assist in medical diagnoses and treatment to expand, they call it access for for patients and medical care. But my concern is where is the regulatory review process of these devices, including the software? You know, the AI development of these products um, concerns me a little bit, uh, actually a lot. The other thing I just read too is that, and since this is the CodeCast podcast, I heard that uh, people who are using uh, AI for their coding and their billing, they're saying that it's, they feel that it's 40% more efficient than using a live person. Well, many of you out there need to be concerned about that. You need to figure out what it is you bring to the table and step up your game when it comes to your profession to make sure that you are not replaced from for AI machine learning, AI machine, you know, uh, employees. How many times do already we have doctors not realizing what they're doing by using virtual uh, supervision? Well, if you don't have to be there, then what good are you? You have to reflect why you have to be there. And so I'm I'm really concerned because there are some possibility of bias, discrimination in these health. Uh, program uh, AIs, including some of the clinical algorithms algorithms that I have found. Also, you have to be careful because um, you have to manage costs sometimes. And this is a big one. CMS is exploring whether algorithms used by health plans and providers to really look into those high-risk patients and manage costs would introduce inappropriate bias and restrictions of the delivery of medically appropriate healthcare services just to manip- uh, manipulate the prior authorization process. And this could have such a disappropriate impact on underserved populations. And so Medicare Advantage organizations have to be very careful with this because if you use AI to determine medical necessity and not a physician, because you have a specific circumstance of an individual, it may not account for that individual's specific circumstances. So I guess my whole point of bringing this up is I'm just seeing us going into a kind of a, an abyss hole here if you're not careful and tread lightly and first explore the methods that are being used. Do your due diligence to figure out where, they're, where this AI is getting their uh, information where, who are the ones that are, um, the one, the programmers that are dealing with this, who's, where's the health information technology, what are they tapping into to get their information and their algorithms? Is it evidence-based? Is it racial and ethnic-based? Is there any bias in that situation? And again, how does that, how are that, how is that bias mitigated um, with safeguards and oversight in these things. So we see a little bit, and you know, I know a lot of you hate it when I get political, but I, I've got to point it out. We, we've seen a lot of money being shipped out of country with no oversight, billions of dollars, as our Medicare system is now taking a huge hit on you know, reductions and they attack it for every time they do a, they call it a relief package, they take it out of the Medicare plan as we're seeing this year. You know, 3% reduction on Medicare fee schedule in addition to a 2% sequestration from 2013 in addition to a 4% um, reduction due to PAYGO from something from 2021. And so when you look at that from a reimbursement perspective and no oversight, then you come back to AI and you look at the this being introduced in health and human service sectors 
And it's scary, especially if a lot of these, um, you know, administration oversights are recommendations. You know, they are, they're announcing voluntary commitments, voluntary commitments. What does that mean? They're saying we have asked for voluntary commitments from a group of 28 healthcare providers and payer organizations uh, to help move forward safe, secure, and trustworthy purchasing and use of AI technology. Do you know how many healthcare providers and payer organizations there are in this country? Thousands. But 28 is going to be the first part of their commitment, and they're already allowing it to be part of your platform and your office, your hospitals. So again, just be for the good of healthcare, for the good of your patient, and to protect your own job. Make sure that you are on top of this AI information. You have everything you need so that you know if it's accurate, if there's any bias, if it's going to replace anything your physician's doing, and where the resources. I did the chat GPT for healthcare and I was playing around with it for a little bit. And I get these DMs in my LinkedIn profile all the time. Oh, you should try ours. You should try ours. And it scares me because I go and follow the source and the re and the uh, resource. And a lot of them are, are wrong. They, they take you maybe one step back. Okay. Then you look at that, that you keep following where they got their information. And I would say 50% of the time, anything I found was inaccurate. So I'm just a little concerned and voluntary commitments is not the way to go. So you have, if you're, if you're dealing with safety, security, and trust to ensure responsible AI in healthcare, you don't need voluntary commitments. You need commitments that are in writing. You need to make sure that um, our healthcare officials, HHS, anyone write to your congressman, but make sure that healthcare companies and that this business is not going to overtake your practice or your staff. So that's kind of my point of view POV and my public service announcement for the start of 2024. I will get back to coding next week, but it was just important for me to say that because as I've been reading up on this the last week, I'm a little bit nervous. So, you know, you're, you're, they're taking the information from companies who their only commitment is to their bottom line. It's not to safety, it's not to security, and it's not to trust. It's to their their pocket. And we're not sharing in that wealth. We're not sharing in that reimbursement. And so just make sure that when you are, or when you're told by either your provider, your organization, or anyone that they're now going to, you know, start anything under the artificial intelligence, that before you jump in, you absolutely do your due diligence and figure out what safeguards, what do they have that will protect your practice and what liability protections do you have if you're not reviewing every little thing that's generated? So in encoding as well. So just keep that in mind. I hope everyone had a happy new year. You're ready for the start of 2024. Make sure you look on my website at terryfletcher.net. We've got uh, a bunch of new on-demand webinars. If you're to physicians need a new 2024 ENM update and a refresher, please make sure you take a look at that. We've recorded uh, just a couple of days ago. We also have one for telehealth. Um, I have a blog on namus.co and I also have it on my own website, again, terryfletcher.net for the telehealth checklist for 2024. And we have a lot of um, other on-demand webinars so you can get those handled. Also, if you are needing your membership renewed or if you need your 
uh, Coding Corner membership, please take a look and see if that's something that you would like to participate in where you can get unlimited coding questions through email service. Okay, so everyone, again, hope you have a great rest of your week. Make it a great day, and I'll talk to you next week on the CodeCast podcast. For more information on medical coding, billing, auditing, and compliance, including how to hire Terry, follow Terry on Twitter at TerryCoder1 or visit her website at www.terryfletcher.net. Podcast producer Joe Kuzma. Music producer, Assassin Music.